the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in. Welcome to this week's edition of Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. I just left a um, an event put on by Awake Illinois, Shannon Adcock and her group. Uh, I went to speak about uh, the Grace Association and how we're building um, schools all over Illinois and uh, we got invited to come out to Michigan to build a school out there in Niles, Michigan. I believe <clears throat> there's a list of like 18 different locations of where the Grace Association is going to open. <clears throat> and I and I got into a rah-rah, rah-rah, let's rally the troop uh, type of effect because we had a ton of people there who's gonna, who are going to be first-time candidates running for office. And I kind of just just... just just told them what to expect running for office because once you start, once you put your, as as my co-host today would always say, once you get out into the public, you're fair game, and they will come after you. So I kind of you know rallied the troops to, to tell them it's time to fight. Uh, I think I think so many people you, you look at everything that's happening across our country, what's happening here in the state of Illinois. Um, if you if you have an AR-15. And you have that in your possession right now. You are pretty much a felon. <laughs> Think about that. Our government in the, the state of Illinois, our governor and his his band of we can't call them minions because we were called minions, Rebel Eddie. Uh, we mushrooms. can't mushrooms. <laughs> Prisker and his mushrooms. Right. You only bring him out when they see the sunlight. That's not very often. Yeah, and that voice, as you know, the the troublemaker's not here this week. So I told the I told the prosecutor to come in and assist me on today's show because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, Reveletti, Revelary. Right. That's what yeah, Verlam might call me that, but yeah. uh, we'll allow that to happen the next time he hosts. Yeah. So. I'm trying to work my way into your chair one day, John. That's, I told you you, you can do that. I, I, I will definitely defer to you and let, allow you to sit here in the chair and run the show. Well, I'm looking forward to that opportunity. So it's you'll a- get nothing and like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's Hoff Daddy. Hoff Daddy on the boards today, baby, and I love it. I love it when Hoff Daddy's here. But you know what? Um, let, let's 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 jump right into this. When you look at what's happening, because I think most people don't realize the gun bill wasn't the only thing that passed. Um, Rebeletti. Yes. 
the uh, abortion. They they affirmed abortion, gave it gave gave um, a little bit more power. They've also uh, as far, as far as anybody that's coming here to get an abortion or you know, there's no prosecutorial thing that can happen to this person. Um, they also um, signed um, Pritzker uh, gender affirming. Meaning, basically, uh, a teenager can go and start this process, correct, without parental notification. Right. We've taken parents out of the uh, 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 of the scope of their parental duties when it, the state is now the parent. Correct. And we know how 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 that rolls, right? When the parent when the state becomes the parent. Well, you know, John. Actually, in law, that only happens in juvenile cases. I have clients in in juvenile cases, and that's where there are issues with the juvenile. But that is to work together to help to put the juvenile back on track. Right. I'm not exactly sure how not having the parents being active participants in their children's uh, roles and and how they're growing up, how they're maturing and where they're going, what they're going to be doing, how we take that out and substitute the governor and um, his administration uh, for what – how, that their judgment is better than the parental judgment. That's yeah. that's the part I just don't get. Right. And, you know, I was a juvenile officer, so I I'm very well aware of the juvenile act and and what it entails. And I I've, I tend to think I was a really good juvenile officer because you know a, a lot most of the time people want to you know just to get the hand the handprints of a juvenile. And I was I was against that a lot. I actually rewrote um, Kendall County's juvenile policy, and I tried to switch it from. Um, shall arrest to may arrest. I wanted to give the juvenile officer and, and the officer on the street a little bit more discretion, but you know that didn't go anywhere, right? Well, you know that's what we we have always tended towards is give that prosecutor, give the police officer, give them discretion on the street. They're the ones with the experience. But again, the state knows best, the governor knows best, and that even bleeds into some of our other conversation later about gun registries and assault yeah. weapon, allegedly what an assault weapon is and that type of ban. So uh, it, the, the government wants to be our parents now, and not only juveniles, John, but our parents. Correct. They know best, and, and we'll sit back, and nobody will ever step forward and say, hey, uh, no, I don't agree with you. I, I, now we have to go to court to be governed. Yeah. Now, now, now refresh my memory with this, uh, Rebeletti, because I, I tend to, I, I don't remember... So House Bill 5188, it was another bill that they were trying to pass in lame duck session. I want to talk about lame duck, se- lame duck ses- session and just how much that session has, has, has culminated in the destruction of Illinois, in my belief, because it's where all the bad bills go to get passed. And a lot of people who are listening to us don't know what it means, lame duck session, veto session. Um, all they know is there are people down there taking away their rights. You know, a House Bill 50, 5188. This was a bill. Uh, it was is basically a trailer bill to House Bill Senate Bill eight one eight, the sex education bill. That bill right now sits on third reading. It didn't die in the last session. Help me help refresh my memory. Why didn't it die, and why are they still holding it on third reading in the House? Well, they can't hold in it the, on, in the Senate, right? So right now they adjourned. Both chambers adjourned sine die, which is a right. nice way of saying. Nothing else can occur because the previous General Assembly has completed their work. We have all new folks sworn in. They were sworn in on Wednesday at noon, and now I'm sure they can transfer all of that um, 
the uh, legalese, if you will, to new legislation and begin the process of passing it. But uh, the lame duck session, there's an opportunity for the governor. He gets sworn in, same party, same person. Uh, the general assembly doesn't get sworn in until 48 hours later. So you can use all the people who will not be returning, and they can vote on extremely substantive legislation. And look, every bill you pass that becomes law is substantive, and it right. impacts all of us. But the fact of the matter is you waited to do an assault weapons ban and a major health care reform yeah. in the, the the last couple hours of a session and you had to hurry up and get it done. And, and these people governor are no held accountable, right? But hold on, right, because a lot of those people weren't coming back. But, John, you had to hurry up and get it done before the new people were signed, so the governor had to sign that by, uh, what, at 1 o'clock they yeah. get sworn in or noon? So yeah. he had to sign that by 11.59 before Alexia Janulius is taking over the speakership so they can uh, swear in all the new folks. So right. uh, that's how this stuff works. That's the that's where the mushroom part comes in. We're all mushrooms. We stay in the dark. We're in the state of Illinois. We're the residents. We have no idea how you sneak stuff through, but you and I, John, got a chance to have a front row seat yeah. to how the hot dogs are made. Yes, that, that, and, and and you don't want you wouldn't want to eat them hot dogs if you saw how it was <laughs> no, made. <laughs> no, sir. And 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 House Bill fifty one eighty eight was basically saying uh in, in eight in Senate Bill eight eighteen they said that um the local school districts had the power to opt out of the sex education. Well fifty one eighty eight says they're removing that power. Right. And thank God that we had a Senate that said, uh, wait, hold on. And I'm sure the Illinois State Board of Education was like, wait, wait, wait. We've been beat up the last couple of years. Can you not throw this in our lap at this moment? At least let it go through the proper chain of of, of, of allowing it to be debated and and then pass. And then let's let's have a conversation about that. And you have a bunch of school boards that are having elections here in the next couple months. And I'm sure that those newly elected officials would like to have a voice on behalf of their school districts all across the state uh, to make sure that their concerns are vetted and that the parents that are stepping forward to give their time, because this is free time. Right. They're not getting paid for these roles, but they're going to take a lot of heat and they're going to step up and say, hey, this is what's best for our district. And the district in Skokie and Evanston is going to be different than that of Elmhurst or um, anywhere else that you're going to be throughout the state. And that's some of the hardest things for folks to understand. And John and I, coming from different areas, um, knowing the collars, but when you start getting outside the collars and you, you start to see how things are different, Western Illinois and Northern Illinois and Central Illinois, yes, there's a Southern Illinois, and this is not just south of I-80. So got to give people a shout-out, John, for running for office. Always appreciate people putting themselves in the public arena. Yeah. And, and you know, we're going to be talking with Sheriff Harlan out of Knox County. Uh, I think he's one, he's one of the, the bright stars that's within the Sheriff's Department, Sheriff's Association that I think he's going to be around for quite some time. Uh, you're listening to the Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. We'll be right back. Now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Switch your attitude. Go ahead, level up yourself. Just that different latitude. Life too short. Go Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio with the prosecutor 
Dennis Rebelletti, uh, one of my my really good friends, somebody that I I call when I need some advice on some things, and he's always there. He's always been there, never left my side. So I really appreciate that. You have no idea, Rebelletti. Um, but you know, you, you, we, we've been talking about the the gun bill that was passed. Um, the gun law. The gun law. Not a bill. Say. It's not a bill anymore. It's a law right. of the state of Illinois. You're right. Uh, I found it interesting that Ron Hayne, Sheriff Ron Hayne out of Kane County, he had this to say about the bill. Listen. We're not going to be putting them in handcuffs and slapping a felony charge on them. Okay. Maybe we'll take it for safekeeping, but uh, we don't want to ruin people's lives over a law that somebody may be confused about. What we will be doing is using this law as another mechanism to charge people with additional crimes who are committing an act of violence or just simply illegally possessing guns. We won't sacrifice safety, um, but uh, at the end of the day, we have to do what we believe is right for our own communities. That was Ron Hayne, Sheriff and Sheriff Tableman, Tableman, Tableman from McHenry County on the passage of in my opinion, the unconstitutional gun bill. And I, I, I was watching the sheriffs um, and how they responded to this. And I, I really, 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 really enjoyed um, newly sworn in Sheriff Jack Harlan from out of Knox County. I've, I know I've known his brother, you know, Patrick, I do. Patrick Harlan, uh, his, his brother, Jack is now sheriff of Knox County. And I, like I said before the break, I think he's going to be one of the superstars as it relates to the sheriffs in the, in the state of Illinois. Sheriff Harlan, welcome to Black and Right Radio. Well, I greatly appreciate it, John. I enjoy listening to your uh, radio every day. Thank you, I'm sir. out there working out on the weekend. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you. You heard, and I, I know how it is, you know, you sheriffs normally don't like to talk about each other. Um, you, you, you tend to, to keep it, you know, above board. Uh, but what, what's your take on this, this bill that... Pritzker, that now law, forgive me, uh, Rabbi Lady, this law now, what's your take on it, and uh, what are some of the things that you've told your office, your deputies, as it relates to this law now being the law of the land? Well, John, I think that uh, HB 5471, the Protect Illinois Communities Act, um, is unconstitutional. Um, I have uh, put out a statement, um, if you see that most of the sheriffs in Illinois pretty much put out the same statement that uh, we're not going to go out and um, find legal gun owners who have not uh, possibly registered yet and put them in handcuffs and take them to jail. That's that's just not the right thing to do. Uh, people already have a constitutional right to have the right to bear arms, and the people in the great state of Illinois have already went through um, the proper processes in order to own the current firearms that they have. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, Knox County, we are not going to go out and um, use the limited resources that we have right now to uh, go after constitutional law-abiding citizens that already have their firearms. We're just not going to do that. Yeah, what I, what I loved about your statement compared to a lot of the other sheriffs that did, did statements, they had a little bit more nuance in theirs. But, I mean, I, I'm going to read it. You said, as your duly elected sheriff, my job and my office are sworn, in fact, to protect the citizens of Knox County. This is a job and responsibility that I take with the utmost seriousness. Part of my duties that I accepted upon being sworn into office was to protect the rights provided to all of us in the Constitution. One of those enumerated rights is the right of the people to keep and bear arms provided under the Second Amendment. Here's here's where I think there's no ambiguity in this, and it's clear-cut. The right to keep and bear arms for defense of life, liberty, and property 
is regarded as an inalienable right by the people. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on there, because I saw a lot of shares. You know, they were a little wishy-washy. I mean, you went straight to the point. You went straight to the juggler. Uh, it ain't happening on my watch as long as I'm sheriff because you have the constitutional authority. And I saw that J.B. Pritzker, he's trying to kind of go with you guys because he's saying that there's a, a, a law in, in, in the Constitution that says that you guys, he can go, he can pretty much force you to do it because he can keep money from going to pay, uh, was it salaries? Uh, I would think it was salaries and things of that nature for the sheriff's department. What, what do you say in response to that? Well, John, um, you know, I was a soldier for 22 years. I've uh, deployed for this great country to Iraq and Afghanistan. And every time I raised my right hand, the first part of the Constitution, whether it be in the military or uh, as I raised my hand for the sheriff or even the legislature, she raised the right hand. The very first part in that Constitution it, well, in the um, oath is that you're going to swear to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States. There's a reason for that, because the U.S. Constitution is the supremacy law of the land um so you know for me to uh, go ahead and say hey you know i took an oath but i'm going to go ahead and bend that oath and uh do what you want me to do and uh, not stand for what i've been standing for for almost 30 years you know it, it's not going to happen you know um the people who elected me that's what they want they want a sheriff who's going to have their constitutional rights utmost in their in his mind and to protect those rights so they can maintain life liberty and pursuit of happiness um you know i guess if you want to take away my money that's fine but i still got to do what's right you know um i swore to an oath and i'm i'm going to hold to that oath and i'm not going to bid and i'm not going to break amen hey sheriff this is dennis rebeletti um i was wondering first of all tell us where knox county is i know where it's at but not all the listeners know where it's at and number two how many times do you guys come across assault weapons as part of the crimes that are being committed in your jurisdiction well knox county is uh it's right it's galesburg illinois um it's approximately 40 miles uh northwest of uh, peoria illinois or if you want to say uh, about 40 miles also um southeast of the Quad Cities, Davenport, Moline, Rock Island. So, so when you say assault weapons, um, that, that's something that I kind of have a problem with. Right, I didn't put it in um, quotations. You can't see me, but I should. I'll put it in quotations because <laughs> there are military, they call it, I like when they call it military-style weapons or assault weapons. And as I always said, my stepson served in the Marine Corps, was in Afghanistan. He carried an assault weapon. He carried a military weapon, not styled weapon. And so talk about the difference with that and how many times you come across that and, and your deputies come across these uh, these weapons in the commissions of crimes in your jurisdiction. To, to be honest with you, what we mainly come across uh, is, is obviously going to be uh, most of it is handguns. Um, and, uh, when we come across those, those are people who aren't supposed to have those handguns. Uh, you know, I hate, hate to say it, but criminals are going to find the way to continue to, to find firearms, yeah. um, putting limitations on law buying citizens and the stuff that we've already done. That's, that's not going to stop the gun crimes. It's going to continue They're If they want a gun, they're, they're going to, they're going to find it. And so down here, you know, if you want to say assault weapons, um, we don't we don't per se run into uh, an AR 
15, which is not an assault weapon. It's a rifle, um, right? Yeah, it, correct. I've never used that. I was in the military. I never used that in, in the military. And if you want to talk about assault weapons, I mean, anything can be an assault weapon. If, if you think about it, I mean, if I true. You know, strike somebody with my fist, now that is an assault weapon. If yep. I run somebody over with a car, that is now an assault weapon. Yep. If I take a knife and stab somebody, it's an assault weapon. So limiting law-abiding citizens from the type of you know, firearm to have. I mean, that's, that's this, this, we're not, we're not even re- reaching the root cause of what is really wrong in the state of Illinois. And that is going to be mental health problems. I mean, that's, that's the true, that's the true problem that we have in the state of Illinois. We're, we're not even touching what the root cause is. We're just attacking law buying citizens and it's just not right. That's true. Uh, <laughs> Sheriff, do you, um, you have to go. Um, I want to hold you for one more segment. Um, because I, I want to talk to you about, <laughs> uh, I, we love her, Dennis, you know, you and I, we both love, uh, Mary, representative Mary flowers, but she, she introduced a bill. I don't think it, I don't know. It may, uh, depending on, I mean, you don't never know what this, this general assembly, uh, especially with how progressive it's gotten, but she, she introduced a bill, house bill 1022 that basically says that no training of warrior style. See how they use those words style. Oh, military yeah. style, warrior style training. Uh, I want to talk to you about that because uh, I went through bulletproof uh, mindset. And I'm telling you, I think that's that's when I was a sheriff deputy. I think that's what got me through being a sheriff because you having that bulletproof mind because you, you're bouncing from call to call and they're all different type of calls. But I want to get your take on what, what, what do you think about this? No warrior style training for our deputies. That good for you? Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. We're talking with Sheriff Jack Harlan from Knox County in Galesburg, Illinois. You listening to Black and Right? We'll be right back. We now return to Black and White on AM560. The answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and White Radio on AM560. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the prosecutor, Dennis Rebelletti. Before the break, we were talking to Sheriff Jack Harlan from Knox County. Um, Sheriff Harlan, um, you know, one thing I am, I am, um, I heard Dan Prof say on the morning show that he was, a little, he, he felt like the sheriff sh- shouldn't have come out in full force. I think I take a look. I, I would disagree with Dan with, on this because I think you, you hit, you hit him in the mouth quick, fast, and in a hurry, and you show unity, you show solidarity. And, I, and I'm happy to see over 90 plus sheriffs in the state of Illinois have joined together to say that we won't. This is not something that we're going to get involved in. So I, with that, I, I tip my hat off to, to the Sheriff's Association. I know Jim K., Jim Kaichek is uh, I think he's still heading it up. Uh, he's doing a yes, great, great man. He's yeah. a great man. Yes, oh, he's, he he's, he's an amazing guy. We did a lot of work with him, Rebeletti and yeah, I. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but let's talk about <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just can't believe it. It's, it's a bill. Oh, it's going to be. It is a bill. House Bill 1022. This warrior style training, and I know she, I know she's talking about the bulletproof mindset type of training. You got a lot of former military guys who are now coming to law enforcement and teaching them how to have that bulletproof mind. Can you talk about it. Why is it important for officers to have that mindset? Now I get it; they're upset that you know cops may use language that's you know I never used language like that when I was a cop. I just never did. It just never it was never in my forte. But I understand it. But talk to us why that bulletproof mindset type of training is an important tra- uh, style of training for um, sheriffs, deputies, and officers across the um, the country. 
Well, John, as you know, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that we deal with on a daily basis. You know, um, we usually don't see people on their on their best days. I mean, we uh, we may have to attend, you know, homicide, suicide, um, severe domestic, uh, somebody, you know, pulling weapons on their you know their wife and children or husband. Um, you know, a deputy and officer uh, needs to be able to uh, be prepared mentally uh, for these encounters and be able to uh, adapt to them. Cause if not, that stuff's going to carry, carry over. Uh, so, you know, in the, in the military, you know, I'm not going to say you get desensitized, but you know, they train us how to um, act appropriately and be able to take a deep breath uh, when we're in that stressful situation. Um, so that way we can make the effective decision. Uh, so that way, People can can go home and mitigate mitigate collateral damage, um, and also make sure that civilians are staying safe. Uh, so it's not a bad thing when you say military mindset. I mean, military has tested tested it; it's it's proven it, and you know uh, we train on it on a daily basis. And I think that it's a great thing for uh, law enforcement because we do have the similar stressors that happen here in the great you know United States of America and we need to be able to uphold those, you know, we've we got to be able to continue to move forward. You know, it's always the next day that we have to be able to continue the mission and to continue to provide for our communities, you know, and if we're not mentally prepared and able to do the right thing, uh, then the community is going to suffer. Yeah. Well, Sheriff, I'm assuming that the training that you have and will be ongoing is de-escalation, right? Understanding the circumstances that are coming prepared for everything and then ready to react uh, isn't that already part of what the state of Illinois requires of your deputies? That is correct, yes. So here we are. We're going to ask you to take a different mentality. You, you Look, you're going to have a lot of police officers that are, are former military. They're trained in one way. Part of the job is then to say, hey, this is where you were. This is where you need to be. But the mindset is, is that you're always going to be facing that any anything can can go out of control in in a second, and they have to be prepared for that. But at the same time, that's why it's not a video game, right, Sheriff? I mean, Ooh. your deputies on the street have to it, it, where the, what the situations that they're put in are. You know, you can watch a video all we want as to what people could have done or should have done, but they have to make split second decisions, and the mentality has to be that I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to protect if there's other victims that are potential victims. And I'm going to get back home, as John has always said. The number one job is to get back to your That's loved right. ones, right? Yep. And, and that 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 you're safe, and that if there's any potential victims that they're safe. Is that right? That is correct. Yes, you're you're 100 correct. So, the, so the, the you know we've talked about for over the years, right, John? To defund the police, yeah. and the police are uh, and there, there's all these constitutional violations. But here we are, Sheriff. What is What's the number one job that you have, a constitutional job that you have? What's your what's your most important job that, you, that you're required to do by statute? My number one most important job, yes. as you're asking? Yes. It's going to be to uphold the U.S. Constitution and make sure that people maintain their constitutional rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's, That's correct. number one. That's what I swore my oath. Right. You took that oath. You, you guys run the jail, correct? Your job is to take care of the jail. That's correct. Right. Those, those, even though those people are in there, yes, we treat them with dignity and respect. Correct. So you're following, they have all of constitutional rights, so your officers are trained correct. in that. And you guys provide courthouse security. Is that part of what you guys do out in Knox? 
That is correct. So so you have a lot of responsibilities. So besides patrol and incorporate everything else, and, and Knox is different than where I'm at in Addison Township, the, the bigger picture is you have a lot of other responsibilities. This would take away from your other responsibilities, right, if we're busy trying to figure out if people have registered their guns or not? Yeah, that is correct. We have limited resources. I mean, most like you guys know, I mean, um, most organizations are having a hard time hiring anybody you know in the state of illinois you got people because we're so close you got you know men and women jumping across the river going into iowa to be cops you know versus staying in in illinois so it makes it difficult uh, for us with limit we just don't have the resources to be going out and you know checking on law-abiding citizens well how exactly would you work on that how how would you go find out who's supposed to register and who's not supposed to (laughs) register Uh, is there a guidance on that i mean general assembly lay that out for you no, huh? Nope, sure didn't. So, if, if I think you, it's going to be put in the hands of the state police. I yep. mean, to be all honestly, yep. I mean, right? They don't have too much stuff burden. going on, right? Because while they're investigating um, expressway shootings up by by us over here, which which are always, you know, are, are occurring. Now they're going to have to go out and worry about who owns AR-15s and who owns and where they're going to if they've registered or not. That's where the important stuff is. That is not where the important stuff is. Ah, exactly. And I'm glad that you said that because the important stuff is you have a jail to run. You have deputies that are out on patrol. You have deputies investigating homicides. You have deputies that are, uh, that are, I'm assuming, that are part of federal task forces. You have deputies that are involved in major crimes task forces that are working on all kinds of things. And one additional thing that will absolutely do nothing. Which to is provide. unfunded, too, by the way. Oh, that's all. Oh, don't forget that part. Sheriff, is there additional funding for you for this, additional officers? Oh, no, no, not at all. It, uh, that's always amazing. It's an unfunded mandate, Johnny. Yeah. Imagine that in no. Illinois where we would tell the sheriffs, we're going to take away your salary, yeah, and then we're not going to give you the money to do the job we're asking you to do. How, yeah. how shocking. Yeah, and, and, and Sheriff Hart, I, I want to thank you for coming back on, and I, hopefully you, this will be a place you can call anytime you want to get something off your chest or anything you see that's happening in Springfield or in the world of policing, you're more than welcome to come back on at any given time. Is that okay? Oh, most definitely, John. I'm excited to talk to you. I would uh, love to come on anytime that you uh, are willing to have me. Yeah. And you know what? I'll say this, man. If, if, if we don't get this right, what, what I saw somebody get upset because why are all these sheriffs doing this? See, this is something we've been talking about. They, they're, they, they're selective prosecution or they select, they go after selective laws. No, the sheriff, is responsible to the people. You won't see this coming from cities because the mayor will, will, will tell that police chief to shut up. But the sheriff himself or herself, they're responsible and elected by the people, and they have to make sure they take out and, and protect the people's rights. And um, that's what Sheriff Harlan um, has done in Knox County, and I appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us, Sheriff. Thank you for having me on, and God bless you guys. Have a great evening. You're the man. You too. Yeah. Rising Star. You listening to Black and Right? We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM 560. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the Troublemaker. Uh, I like Sheriff uh, Harlan. 
I was following him throughout his. I was trying to get him on the show uh, during while he was running for office because I you saw just by listening to how he talked and I I, I said to myself this kid's got and, he, and calling him a kid. I guess I can't call him a kid. Wrong. I'm older than him. <laughs> but but I, I I saw the shine on him, Dennis. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he gets picked to run for something higher. Well, you know, it's nice to see that constitutional officers that have won countywide offices in both parties have stepped up and said, I'm not going to put something forth, put my deputies on the line to yeah. go try to figure out what I'm supposed to do with a law that has nothing but feel good, a feel-good nature behind it, Correct. which... They believe is unconstitutional. Right. And what did I talk to you about, John? We talked about what is a prosecutor, the U.S. the U.S. attorney, states of the county state's attorney, the county sheriff, you when you were a police officer, the police departments. Yeah. They all have something. What do they call it, John? Discretion. Discretion. They have yeah. discretion. Yeah. The it's guy, leaving now, though. Right. Now we're gonna, now the governor will monitor what the sheriffs do. Yeah. That's okay. I guess the attorney general can figure that part out. He doesn't have too much other stuff to do. <laughs> but so the, the sheriffs have their discretion as to what they want to focus on and not focus on. Uh, we talked about this on the break, John. What does Kim Fox is not prosecute driving while license suspended? Unless it's DUI based. Yeah. Is anybody running around in the Tribune going, oh, my God, this is terrible? Yeah. Oh, my God, she's not following the law? Let's not forget that when there were lawsuits regarding gay marriage, that Lisa Madigan yep. and Anita Alvarez yep. in their capacities would not defend the lawsuits because they believed them to be unconstitutional. It, that was back in 2012. So we're going back 11 years. Yeah. I'm not talking about the position of where, what I believe or don't believe. When you're the when you're the chief law enforcement agent, you're supposed to step up and defend that, right? Yeah. Or it was okay then. Yeah. Immigration that, is another one, though. That's right. These sanctuary counties, Cook County's one, right? Right. So Chicago's we're not going to right. So we're not going to follow those laws. We're not right. going to follow federal laws. We're not going to have our law enforcement assist federal law enforcement because it's okay because it's an emotional issue. And the Democrats are able to carve that out. Right. So what should be enforced and what shouldn't be enforced, I guess, is based on the title of something. What's the name of this, of this law, John? It's the Protect Communities. Uh, protect yeah, the communities. <laughs> who, who's, who's against protecting our uh, communities, right? Right. So it has nothing to do with that. It, it has to do with a terrible tragedy in, in, in our neighbors in Highland Park. Yeah. Th- th- that Which was a terrible tragedy. Terrible tragedy. And we've talked about the fact that there are mental health issues. The sheriff recognized that. And we've got to work on that mental health stuff. And I want to talk about more what the township of Madison will be doing in the near future regarding that. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, Jim, Mike, hold the line. I'll take you when we get back from break. I know you guys have been holding for quite some time. But I wanted to get this out because I, I think it's very important to what's happening here in the state of Illinois. Because what happens in Illinois, in New York, and California tends to happen to the rest of America. So we got to nip this in the bud now. We'll be right back. Black and right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560. Uh, Rebs. <laughs> Rhino? <laughs> Rhino. You know, 
I, you know, I, I listen, listen. I, I get it. Republican in name only. Um, I was just having this conversation with the man on the street. We were at the Wake Illinois event, and I said, I said, you know what? I understand, but you in in in, in a state like Illinois, you need what you want to what you would call a rhino to win. Well, he said, well, they don't want to work with us. I said, convince them. Who's us? Yeah, the, is that the the grassroots? So there's a there's a schism right now between the grassroots and the establishment. Well, you, I mean that's always been right. But I told you before. I guess I'm part of the establishment. Yeah. One that I ever say I wouldn't work with the grassroots or the ultra conservative right. Never, never. Right. So I want to win. How do we help people win that yeah. are uh, that are the mindset uh, of the Republican Party? I agree. Let's go to the phone lines. Mike from Shorewood. Welcome to Black and Right. John, good afternoon. Thanks for taking the call. What you doing in Shorewood, man? I thought, well, come on, you you giving the wrong city. <laughs> <laughs> trying to throw oh, I'm me all off. around. You're trying to throw me off. I well, got it. I just want- How dare you, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Yorkville? John, just like I said, yes, Yorkville. <laughs> John, just like I talked to you before about the, the strong man in the society, they don't want it anymore. You know, teaching and training officers out in the street to do the right thing and to de-escalate. That's all great, but there's a time where you have to act. And sometimes acting is really, it puts them in really bad situations that nobody should ever, ever, ever question them because you know why? They have a family. They have the same rights as you and I do. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. They want to go home. They're providing a service to their community. Now, I'm not saying everybody, you know, officers can make mistakes. They do. Everybody can. Yeah. But the problem is, you know who consistently makes mistakes over and over and over and violates our rights and violates the Constitution? Politicians. Yes. And but they yet, exist. Nobody, nobody loses their jobs. But they exist. Nobody is taken <laughs> to court. Nobody's thrown in jail. They don't lose their pensions. They don't lose anything. They get more power. They get. It's it's like you know we got California stand, Illinois stand, New York stand. They all operate the same way. Yeah, violating the Constitution. And, and Mike, they all look to see who's going to pass what, and then they they're the next uh, state to pass whatever convoluted crap that they throw yeah. out there. This law about the high-capacity weapons and the registration, that's a violation of the 1986 act that was the uh, protection for firearm owners. That was a federal act. Yeah. Well, they, you know they don't care about federal it. laws. They don't care about federal laws. These but it's already been established. The state has yeah. to follow. The state has already has to follow the federal law. Yeah. That has already been established. That is not within their capacity, and they're willfully violating every time. Just like the Floyd cards in Illinois. Well, we know that. And, yeah. Call Miller. It's an unconstitutional. It's like a poll tax. Yeah. Well, why, right, Mike? I got to go to the next call. Thanks so much for calling, Mike from Shorewood. You bum. Let's go to Jim, who's also a sponsor of this show. Jim. Hey guys. How you doing, buddy? Good show. Hello, Jim. I just. Hi. How are you? I actually stopped by at the end of that event and uh, at awake. That was good. That they said it was well attended, but I had to be at the office. But anyways, a couple things. I think any of these politicians that uh, want to be anti-gun, they should not be given police escort. They can fend for themselves. And uh, secondly, I, I, it's my understanding only 15% of FOIC card holders are a member of the Illinois State Rifle Association. So we need to do something, either have, the, have them give like free membership for a gun purchase or try to have the gun stores, when they sell a gun to somebody, to include that as a membership for one year, complimentary or something, <laughs> just to get more people involved and you know, get the process going. And as there was, you know, just more involvement. And also, as a side note to that, we could use the same people to help recruit ballots and do the things <laughs> Democrats have done as far as ballot harvesting. Yeah. Well, 
Well, they say ballot harvesting is illegal in Illinois, but Democrats found the system of how to create, how to do it, and how to get it done. Maybe there'll be a registry for that. Yeah, no, there it is. Hey, don't give them ideas now. Come on, <laughs> don't give the Dems ideas. Because thanks so much for calling, um, um, Jim from South Elgin, also a sponsor of the show. We got to go to break. Uh, really appreciate you calling in, Janelle. Call back in the beginning of the next hour. We'll be right back. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in. Yeah, coming in hot, just like the fajita, I write what I live, my life in the speaker, I'm nice with the flow. Welcome back, just hour like two of Black and White Radio on, on AM 560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. If you missed the first hour, head over to 560TheAnswer.com, click on the podcast, download the podcast, you'll never miss hearing my voice. When while you're at it, go follow me on all of my social media platforms. We're live now on Rumble. YouTube and Facebook. Yes, live. Rumble, YouTube, and Facebook. I see all the crew have left the YouTube link and are now on the Rumble link. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you guys always tuning in every Saturday. Um, Yeah, Dennis, that first hour. <laughs> that went by guns, pretty fast. It, it blows by, right? It does. You um, know? But it, that's a lot to talk about. There's a, that's a... That's a major piece of legislation. Yeah, that has been that ban has been talked about forever, right, John? Yeah. And all of a sudden, we were able to put that together as a state in less than forty-eight hours. So, and now you have. I I find it I find it interesting that you can still sell an AR fifteen to somebody from out of state that can drive to Wisconsin. And my wife and I had this conversation. God bless her. She goes, so I can go buy. An AR-15 from Wisconsin, but I could then drive back in using that AR-15 for a crime in Illinois. Yeah. I go, well, you're right. So when when you use common sense and you see that (laughs) this isn't really going to do anything for public safety and you call it the Community Protection Act, that's what Democrats do. They're good at changing the verbiage. That's true. It's feel-good stuff. Nobody wants anybody to be killed. Nobody wants anybody to be unsafe. Uh, And absolutely what we've done here is we're not going after the perpetrators of all the major crimes, John. So Correct. That what, you had a great guest, and I'm looking forward to our good friend, John Cabello. Uh, thank, perfect segue. Guess who's on the line? No way. Our good friend, and I'm so happy that he's back down there because we have somebody in the house now who, and you know, I'll never forget, he said, I have to go home and watch this stank off me. Do you remember that speech? I do. When when they, I believe you, I forget which bill they passed. But when he said that, everybody in there said, "Oh, ooh, wow!" But he's right because what's happening in Springfield is it's 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 head scratching. But I'm I'm happy to, to know that we got somebody down there that I know you know will fight for the people. Representative John Cabello, welcome to back to Black and Right. Hey, what's happening? Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem, man. Dennis and I felt like we, I, I don't think my text went through because, you know, my phone rarely um, um, works in, inside this studio. But now um, you, you not only are you back, John, 
but you're now in leadership in, in, a, in a major part of leadership. Uh, do tell. Talk to us. How did that happen? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. You know what they're well, in for? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell no, you what, this, uh, John, is that, and, and, and th- I'm very thankful that you won and you are in leadership. You have a lot of experience to bring, and you have that law enforcement experience yes. that the caucus has missed for a long time. And I think uh, Leader McCombie and a deputy leader, uh, Noreen Hammond, made a great choice in, in putting you on that team. So it's I'm, I'm very excited that you're on that team. I appreciate it. I, I thought it was a mistake at first, but uh, when, when Tony, honestly though, that Tony called, uh, we talked. Uh, she asked. I, I accepted, but I didn't know what role it would be. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if it was going to be HRM or if it was going to be, you know, something else. And it turned out to be assistant uh, minority leader, which uh, um, I'm still kind of uh, shocked at. And. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, never promise anything, but I'll do my best. Yeah, and, and and John, when you look at what's happening, Representative, sorry, when you look at, you know, the last two years that you've been out of the General Assembly, uh, it's a different General Assembly today. I mean, you got you have way more progressives. How, how do you intend to, to 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 fight or navigate through the progressivism that's down there now? Um, you know, led by uh, Speaker Chris Chris Welch. Well, first of all, John, you please always call me John. You know yeah, that. Yeah, I know, uh, I know. <laughs> I don't or need leader. Any we'll call you leader now. Leader now. There it is. <laughs> I don't need any titles. Uh, <laughs> I get called enough things that uh, are bad. <laughs> um, well, you know, it, it's it's obviously I've only been in two days now yeah. uh, for in session. You know, swearing in day and then session day after, which we didn't do anything. Surprise, surprise. But at the swearing in. A brand new Democratic state representative was sitting behind all the Republicans and said, what are we doing sitting back here? And somebody said to them, it's by seniority. Everybody sits in the order of seniority. And it happened to be a female. And she says, oh, no, this is a new day. We do not sit back here. Whoa. So it's going to be uh, kind of uh, interesting to see how we can. Uh, get to these folks and let them understand that uh, some of their radical policies are are pushing people out of the state. Some of these radical policies are um, putting people in danger, and uh, you know that's that's my job is to try to hold them accountable for what they do. The, the minority is supposed to keep the mi- majority in check, and we'll do our darndest to do that. But but the other thing. John, and uh, having been had the opportunity to be a floor leader and assistant minority leader, I, I know you personally, the people don't on this show necessarily know you, yeah. you have no qualms Ooh. with working across the aisle to, to take care of business, to do what's right on behalf of not only your constituents, but the 12.5 million people that live here. That's right. Oh, absolutely. And I learned that from you and uh, several others. I mean, look, you, you, you've got to reach across the aisle. As, far, as long as the, the three of us have been in, um, we've been in the minority. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we in order to get things done, you do have to build those relationships, and we will. Um, but they know me, and they, they know that uh, I will work with them on almost anything. There are certain things that, no, I can't compromise and I won't compromise yeah. on, uh, but I'll be respectful as long as they are. 
on on how we move forward with that. But um, there there is common ground. But we've we've got to make sure and we've got to start making them understand that the people that live in this state cannot give any more of their hard earned money to the state of Illinois. We've got to stop them taking their money. Well, I hope, John, and I wanted to uh, previously, and John and I have talked about it, I hope that at some point uh, that the House Republicans do put forth a budget, a balanced budget, to show that that you have the ability to lead. And I know there's a lot of other issues that are going to be out there. And I know that what one of the important part is, and, and as people listen to the show, you have to work across the aisle, but at the same time, it's not personal. You're just being professional. You're not somebody who takes things personally, nor do you ever attack anybody personally. So I look for a lot of good things from you. Is there anything legislatively that you're going to be focusing on uh, this session? Well, the the first thing, I'm, I'm putting together an omnibus bill. Uh, obviously, some of it's going to hopefully go. Some of it will not. First part of it is repealing the Safety Act because it doesn't make anybody safe. Uh, number number two, um, obviously, police and fire are having a major issue trying to attract new people to the profession. Mm. Not only are they having problems attracting people to our profession, but people aren't staying any longer. So we, we have a mass uh uh, exit of long-standing good people working in police and fire. Yeah. So part of this bill is, and a lot of people aren't going to like it, but it, it's it's just for police and fire. We have to get rid of the tiers. Everybody needs to be on one tier. You have same the same people doing the excuse me. You have people doing the same job but having different benefits, different pensions, and some people are saying I, I'm not going to do this anymore, especially after all the things that Springfield has done to me. I'm leaving. So, and then we can't attract anybody. Right. The second p- component is the longevity. You stay 20, 25 years, we'll give you free health care after that. And, well, it, and John, you know, it I might got not be 20 years. Let me it stop might you be right a there. Bit longer. Let me stop you right there. Uh oh. This, this is what people would call me when I used to talk about stuff like this that you're a rhino. I know you're not a rhino. No. But what you care about is retain the best and the brightest in those professions that they stay in the state, right? And so what are you going to do? you got to incentivize them, correct? Correct. Mm. See? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I like about I'm glad that you're back, John. You're going to stay for an extra segment, right? You You can stay over one more? Yep, I can say for one more. I've got a. I'm here at the uh, state police Christmas party in Freeport. Uh, but uh, good people out there. Yes, they are. Uh, if you're listening to Black and White Radio, I mean that was. <laughs> I'm so happy John Cabello was just back there, man. Because I mean, imagine if he was there throughout that um, police bill, that prim- criminal justice reform bill that passed last year. John, it makes me feel Same better man. that there's somebody with law enforcement background that can can talk about it cogently and professionally. That is so true. We'll be right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 Theater. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560 Theater. I'm your host, John Anthony. Dennis Revelletti has me in here. <clears throat> Dying of stitches. I mean, I'm, I can't even get it out, Dennis. Oh, God. That was funny. We probably probably wouldn't put that on the air, but that was so funny. (laughs) Before the break, we were talking to State Representative John Cabello, who used to represent the 68th District, now represents, I believe it's the 90th District. Um, John, have they given you your committee assignments? you know what committees you're going to be on yet? 
No, uh, because the Democrats haven't told us uh, what committees are going to be yet uh, and or how many uh, members were going to be allowed on each committee. In fact, we don't even have offices yet because uh, the Dems are going to have to take some of the Republican offices and they haven't told us which ones they're going to take yet. Wow. Uh, you know, you right before the break, you, you, you talked about giving health care to police and fire. Uh, you know, uh, immediately some people on, 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 on my social media said that's not a conservative idea. How do you push back against those people who say, you know, um, this isn't something that we should as Republicans should be doing? Uh, well, I would say respectfully, then go do the job. Um, you put your life on the line every single day, every single minute of every single shift and decide whether you really want to do that for, uh, for your family being, uh, constantly underpaid, constantly overlooked, constantly drugged through the mud. Um, I would say, uh, I'm very conservative and I'd be more than willing to talk to anybody that thinks that that's not a conservative idea. Hey, John, you're not, comes- then you're not a purist, my friend, because we, there's other folks that will come on this station and talk about that. That's not the right thing to do. But one of the things John and I were talking about off air is how do you keep the best and brightest in all of the professions yeah. that the state of Illinois needs? And that includes it. And if, if you're suggesting, that a health care for life or health care for an extended period of time doesn't. Doesn't that make sense for all of us? Because when I call 911, I want to make sure police and fire are there with as quickly as they can be. I'm not wondering if I saved $10 that month or for the year, right? Isn't that the bigger picture? We're in competition for people's professional abilities, right? Not only that, but, I mean, the the lifespan of a police and fireman after retirement is the average of seven years. Yeah. So it's not, I mean, again, we do things that, uh, I mean, I've, I've been doing this job since 1993, being a policeman. And I can tell you that my body has uh, started breaking down. Um, I'm not uh, anywhere near uh, as uh, uh, resilient <laughs> as uh, any normal other 51-year-old that uh. has not done this job. Wait, so you're saying so, it's going to take mean, you, hey, John, you're saying it's going to take you a little bit more time to get up out of your chair this time? <laughs> oh my lord <laughs> but honestly you know the, these there, there's not as many police and fire as people think this isn't going to be a uh, a benefit that is going to cost the state uh, an immense amount of money um, police and fire are probably going to be willing to put more in and pay more into their own pension fund uh, because they know that uh, this isn't something that we want to put squarely on the backs of the taxpayers um, so uh, it, Okay, fine. You know what? If it's not a conservative idea and if I'm not a purist, well, then I'm fine with that. Yeah, because I, it's the right thing to do for the right people. And, John, when you look at what's happening in Chicago, I mean, you talk about being on demand. Uh, Chicago is facing that stark reality right now because, I mean, there, there there are certain calls that go unanswered in the city of Chicago. I had a fireman call certain here. Certain calls, John. Isn't there thousands of thousands, calls? Tens of thousands. I had a fireman call in to say that the fire department had to respond to a police call. A criminal call. Think about that. That and, and that's what you're trying. That's what you're saying in a nutshell, correct, John? Yeah. I mean, we we can't. Uh, uh, things are going. I mean, especially with this new uh, uh, 
piece of something. It's not legislation. It's the safety act they passed um, that uh, is putting more people at risk. More innocent people are going to be victims of crime because of what the legislature did. So more crime, less police. What do you think is going to happen? More criminals are going to get away. Yep. And the, the police cannot go to every single call. Um, when I first tested with the Rockford Police Department, there were 650 oh, you can people say going now? for 15 spots. You can, you can okay? say where you work at now? <laughs> I didn't mean to. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it's true. I, I tested with 650 people. We just had a testing process. We couldn't get six people. And we wow. have several openings. Wow. I mean, it's we have officers that are working... 13 days uh, in a row. Wow. Doesn't that add to liability issues, John, for the city of Rockford, for all these other communities, that now you have tired police officers, firefighters, that are now having to make life and death decisions that haven't slept or are, have been working so many shifts in a row. Doesn't that make a difference for all of us as taxpayers? Don't we want the, don't we want our first responders to be ready to go and be at their best when they come to our homes, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, it's a, it's an officer safety issue. It's a citizen safety issue because um, we, we, we don't want police uh, driving with their lights and sirens on after working 13 days in a row being exhausted. Yeah. I, I have to tell you, I have to tell you, John, that. Which John? <laughs> leader, leader Cabello. What difference at this point does it make? Leader, I appreciate what you're talking about because that is actually something I think is pragmatic. I think is responsive. We want the best and brightest. I want the best and brightest to be returning to my home if I call nine one one. And, I, and, and they are leaving. We watch Florida and Ron DeSantis recruit big time. And here you are, somebody who's not only a, I believe is a conservative, a staunch conservative, but is making pragmatic decisions. And we're all about law enforcement. We're all about public safety. And the number one job to me for the state of Illinois is public safety. And I think this leadership and what you're doing gets us there. If it costs a little bit more, hey, I'm prepared to pay for that, John. I pay income tax to the state. I'm prepared to do that to make sure that we have the best and brightest. And I appreciate your leadership on this issue. All right, thank you. I mean, you, John, I don't know if you remember uh, when we were in committee, uh, uh, I think it was restorative justice, and we had a uh, uh, leader at the time, Rebel Eddie, sitting behind us. How many times do you remember him telling me, uh, calm down, Representative? <laughs> yes. Take, take a breath, Detective. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Because <laughs> of some of the things that I really wanted to say. <laughs> You're not going to have him down there now. Who you gonna, who's going to be the, your Rebel Eddie now down there? He doesn't need us. He's already he's he's been taught, right? Yeah. You 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 know what? That's a part that you, you now understand. You're in leadership. You have the mentality. You understand what what's the most important thing. And John, you're ready to rock and roll. I'm glad I that uh, that Tony made that decision. Yeah. I, I, well, I still hear that every once in a while on the back of my uh, <laughs> as I'm talking. Um, <laughs> so it's still there. <laughs> John, John, have you heard from any of your sheriffs, any of your 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 chiefs of police? Are they concerned about this um, this gun bill, this gun law? Um, what 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 has been some of their issues? Because we know the sheriffs are going to stand up right away, but these police city police chiefs who have to answer to the mayor and, and the aldermen, uh, that's a different story. Have you heard anything from any of your people in the chiefs association and the sheriffs association? Nothing, absolutely wow. nothing. 
Um, Sheriff, everyone up here, uh, Winnebago, Boone, uh, Stevenson, Ogle, Joe Davies, they're all on board saying we're not going to enforce this. Wow. That's great. That's great news, right, everybody? That, that is amazing. The DuPage County Sheriff stepped up. That's the second largest jurisdiction in the state. So you, you have a huge, diverse group of, of chief law enforcement agents, those being the sheriffs that are stepping up, doing the right thing. But what else are you looking at doing, John? We have about, an, about one and a half minutes here. What else are you looking at doing? What's going to be some of the important stuff we're going to see moving forward in the, the General Assembly in the next couple of months? Well, some of the things that I still want to see, and maybe people will start thinking I'm a conservative again, is um, that, uh, you know, I, I want to see that any tax increase from any local government or state government uh, must be done by a referendum. And every single uh, referendum must have a sunset clause. Mm. Um, so let's make sure we hold these people accountable. Let's, if, if we decide to give them some money, let's do it. But then let's wait for five years to see, are you spending it wisely? Are you doing what you said you were going to do with it? If not, it has to come before us again so that we can uh, decide what you're doing with the money is right or wrong. Um, I mean, look at how many school boards have... Uh, we need a new building. Yeah. So they go for a referendum, but that money never comes back to you. It always, it's always there forever. Yeah, that's true. Well, so, representative, we got to leave it there. We got to go to break. Uh, representative John Cabello, thanks so much for joining us. And I, as you know, as I told Sheriff Harlan, you can always come here on this show to talk about any and everything that any bills that you want to get out before the people, you're more than welcome to come here. I appreciate you guys immensely. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much. That's John, State Representative John Cabello from the 90th District. Uh, he is a conservative. I serve with him. I mean, he is a conservative. Hold the line. I'll take your call when we get back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. To Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio with my buddy, my pal, the prosecutor, Dennis Revelletti. Uh, that was a good conversation with John. You know, it was a hard conversation, especially when you start talking about, you know, anything, giving something free, you know, especially as Republicans to talk about something like I that. I wouldn't call it free, John. I just well, think it's part of a retention program and part of it is a benefit. So you're offering a benefit to to say, hey, uh, Governor DeSantis, the state troopers want to stay here. Yeah. It, we're, we're offering you a competitive package not to leave your home state, your home community. Yeah, because because they are leaving. I mean, Alabama, the Alabama Shores, you know, that's a former police chief here who's down there, the Gulf Shores. Right. He's been actively recruiting Illinois police officers and, sh- and deputies uh, for the last two and a half years, three years. And I'll tell you this, John, I know that DuPage County sheriffs have been doing a great job in recruiting now, those recruits are going elsewhere because everybody is poaching neighboring officers. And so at some point it has to stop. We need to make sure that our that the police and fire, our public safety still is our number one yeah. issue for our communities in our state. And we got we to make sure we uh, are competitive with the benefits being offered out there. Yeah. All right. Let's let's go to the phone lines. Janelle, what's up? Welcome to Black and Right. Oh, it's about time, John. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> what's happening? So it was great seeing you today at the Wake Illinois event. Great event. Um, I was there for the conversation about rhinos. And I do have a couple things to add to that. Um, 
you know how I feel about it. I, I do. don't feel like they are joining our side, and I know you'd like to reach out to them and bring them on our team, but it feels an awful lot. When I see somebody like Tony McComey voting yes for Amendment 1, along with, I think it was eight other Republicans. Amendment it, 1 for, amendment. explain, Amendment 1 for what? Oh, it, it basically gives... The oh, the union, union, the union bill. Yeah, the ability to usurp our general assembly, they emerge as a superior policy-making organization at that point. So they have the supreme authority over the law. So basically, he voted yes for that. They knew there was a wage increase in addition to that, I mean, on that amendment, in addition to that, um, in addition to making the union the supreme authority. However... He knew that it would pass. So did the other eight Republicans. Why would they vote? Yes. They already knew the Democrats had the vote. And now, I mean, they knew anytime there's wage increase on a bill, it's going to pass, especially when you have all Democrats. Now what they're doing is they're coming out like the Jim Durkins and saying, oh, my gosh, look at these greedy Democrats. They voted yes, along with John Tracy. They voted yes for this um, terrible wage increase of 16 percent. Well, who's paying for that? We are. And also, where is the outrage? If there, I mean, there's the outrage, the fake outrage. Why aren't they returning the diamonds then? Then give back your 16%. If you are so outraged by the Democrats, those greedy, <sighs> greedy Democrats. You know, and I'm a part of a network now of hundreds. And you, John, today, when you said, raise your hand if you just got involved in politics, and like 90% of the room yeah. went up yeah. since uh, covid well, guess what? I'm a part of that net- network of thousands of ordinary no-name residents yep. that plan to follow each of these votes closely and make them public on social media. We're not going to relent until they start providing real representation. And, Who's they? And that's, they being the rhinos. They being the nine people that voted for Amendment 1. Right. What, what, but what one, towns do they live in? Let me well, take the you nine, to task. Well, Tony McCombie lives where? Savannah, Illinois. Uh, Where's that? Southern at? Illinois. Yes, that's not Southern, Southern Illinois. Illinois. Well, okay, Central East Moline area. So that's, that's really Northern Illinois. It's really Northwestern Illinois. I'm in Cook County, so like anything south of 55 is like crossing the Mason. <laughs> right. Well, I'm from DuPage, so we so always say south of I-80 80. is right, or you know, north of okay. 90 is is uh, Southern yeah, Illinois, I make it right? 55, but you're right. Okay, right. 80. <laughs> uh, finish. Wait, wait, what were you saying? No, I, I, so no, I was asking, I'm wondering why aren't they returning their 16 percent? The people that are so upset about it. Where's Don Tracy? He's. I saw the Illinois Review links, which thank God for Illinois Review lately yeah. because I feel like they're hammering the truth. Um, otherwise, we would have nobody fighting back. And it's but like how, God, how are who are they? But you also have to fight back besides social media. Let me take you to task, you know. Uh, how do you Go fight ahead. back besides social media and websites and newsletters? How, don't you want more Republicans in office? Of right. Of so, and it, I am a conservative. And I appreciate and that. So a, a conservative, we want everybody to go forward. There's a lot of conservatives who sat home this last election cycle, which is what that's helped. That's why we lost. That's why we lost a lot of uh, Senate seats, uh, we, uh, House seats. I agree. And, and we lost uh, constitutional offices. So holding, there's nobody else to hold accountable. You're going to hold Democrats accountable? Why did they stay home? I don't know. I ran for state senate. I had four and a half million dollars spending. Hold on, Janelle. I ran for state senate in a district that is double-digit Democrat. 
I put myself forward, had $5 million spent against me, raised $300,000, and real Republican money, ultra-conservative money, stayed on the sidelines because, I don't know, maybe I'm imperfect because I do support some unions and come from a union household, but I'm in DuPage County, but guess what? I lost... And now there's a Democrat for four years. I'm going to hold that Democrat accountable. She could care less what either one oh, of you think. She got a four-year term? Four-year term. Wow. Well, did he answer your question, Janelle? He did, but I still think our voices are important, and we do have to keep keep an eye and watch these people like hawks. Because yeah. That's nothing wrong with that, and I agree with that. We've never had that before. Yeah. And you know what? we got to go to break. Right. Janelle, we got to go to break. Thanks go for ahead. calling. We'll be right back. Right. Bye, John. This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. I hope you're having a great time as you drive along in your car, you're listening in your garage, or wherever you're listening to Black and Right Radio. Uh, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Let's go to the phone lines uh, let's go to Kelvin from Springfield. What's up, Kel? Hey, John. How you doing? Hey, did you get the seat? Did you get Tim Butler's seat? Did you apply for it? Yeah, I applied for it, and unfortunately, I did not get it. They uh. gave it to a coffee, and uh, from my understanding that he had made uh, more calls than I did. So, yeah, well... <laughs> he was going for Tim Butler's seat, Reveletti. Uh, well, you know what? There's, that's what elections are for, so they come up, and you, it's uh, nine months from now you need to get petitions. Oh, absolutely, um, and and that was that was one of my comments to to fellow conservatives here in Illinois. You know, we have to stop the rhetoric because we sound like the left. Yeah, we got a supermajority that we have to fight, and then we fight each other. Yep, you know, with rhetoric. And sometimes, you know, if you got allegations that you can prove, yeah, let's let's just go ahead and prove it. You know, show the receipts, and then let's get these things gone. But just from my opinion, uh, we do have some challenges, you know, in our county chairs, uh, our leadership, our precincts. And I think that's where our energy should be focused on getting those precincts committee areas cleaned up, some county chairs cleaned up. And then, you know, we can, you know, we, the people can actually have a voice. Uh, I'll say this and I'll stop. Um, one of the things, one of the constituents said to me, go, oh, we need more black Republicans. Right. And I just, I just looked at her and I said, uh, okay, uh, I got a, Associates in accounting, a bachelor's in organizational leadership. I got a master's in business. I got 21 hours of doctoral study and a dissertation that I'm ready to defend. 26 years with the state, 12 years in audit, and then all you heard was black. <laughs> oh, we talked about this stuff we, last you week. Know we did. We, yeah, he, Kelvin, listened to it. Kelvin, I Kelvin know. commented oh, yeah. on. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a faithful follower. Yeah. You know, I all for putting the right person in the right position. Okay, we got to get the best you know, best people in place. Yeah. And if we start start checking identity boxes and things like that, we're no different than the left. Yeah. Okay. So I think, you know, one of the things we have to do is to get, hold our precinct community people and our county chairs and our county boards, let's rush them and make sure that, you know, uh, our voices are being heard there. And then finally, you're going to have to raise some money in this thing somehow. Yeah. So maybe we can mimic, you know, 
the behavior of like Convention of the State or Gun Save Lives or the Illinois State Rifle, Associ- uh, Rifle Association. These guys come together, you know, they have one solid movement with funding and they, they, they can take on these issues. But I think, you know, we get a little bit confused when we say, oh, that's a rhino and he's a rhino and you're attacking these people. Well, yeah, they're rhinos, but they have Democratic support. And the only way you beat them is to identify them, get a grassroots effort, and then challenge them in these in these primaries and elections. There it is. Well, uh, Calvin, I hope you stay with it. And I, I don't like when I worry about identity politics. I, I think it should be the best candidate step forward, put your name on the ballot, be prepared to raise the money, get out there and, and, and take care of business. We, you have all the qualifications to step forward and to be a state rep, senator, county board, the whole nine yards. So I, I hope that that you stay with it. Um, but you know what? I, I, I think that uh, chasing whoever you consider a rhino away, that's that's a, that's an issue as well. So yeah. you, you need yeah. every rhino. You need every right winger. You have an ultra conservative uh-huh. MAGA Republican. Anybody who's not going to vote for a Democrat. The, you know what the biggest thing we lost last time, Calvin, in this last election cycle was independence. Yeah. So we're going to fight each other. We got. How do we get that independent to be two? Because they're looking at that. That's right. They see you us know? fighting amongst ourselves. We're no. We have extreme right wingers fighting, and the left wingers are yeah. fighting. And eighty percent of Americans and Illinois are going. Well, how do I pick between this? And the, they they kind of divide themselves, which gave us the same stuff we have. So that's true. Stay with the yeah. fight, Calvin. Thanks, Calvin. Yeah. Well, hey, what, what, yeah, one more quick. Um, we're definitely going to get unified because you know with this gun bill. Yep. You ain't said nothing yet. Yeah. Wait till they start pushing out DEI. Wait till they start calling white people privileged and black people oppressed and passing <laughs> rules. This is hitting every agency. So if we don't unify now, oh, yeah. And you're right, yeah. Calvin. It hits Democrat <laughs> gun owners. It hits, hits independent gun owners. It hits everybody because it's a constitutional Issue. right. Yeah. You don't have to like it. It's what the Constitution says is what the Supreme Court the United States Supreme Court has said, and so let's see where it goes from there. But I think these are some of the issues that we can build on. But where are we going to find the money, John Anthony? Where is that money coming to help people like Calvin and others get elected statewide? The grassroots, right? That can't be grassroots. Hey, where else is going to come from? Well, it comes from billionaires, John. And and I've talked to you about that. And yeah, I, I waited for help from billionaires, and then it never came. And so it's hard to beat people with millions of dollars. Because you're a rhino. I'm a rhino. And, and, and you know what? I'm not state senator, and I guess it's better off that my opponent, who's got another four-year term as a Democrat, that said she was glad people like myself didn't get power yeah. because I would diminish... Uh, 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 the values for women and, and hardworking which, which, people which, in the which, district, which you couldn't ha- couldn't have affected, you couldn't have affected no. that or changed that the outcome of that. But you know what I cared about, John, and we yeah. talked about the show Kevin. was public safety, right? Did yeah. we not talk about that? And and, and this pre-trial, no bond, you know, no uh, cash bond. And you know what's going to unfortunately happen is that people are going to are going to deal with some of these issues locally. And I think John Cabello talked about yeah. it. I think Kevin understands it. Let's. Let's move everybody together. Let's get everybody on board. Let's win some. Now, I, I'm worried about let's win school board elections. Let's win library boards. Let's get these park districts. Let's put Republicans 
in office to help that are impacting our tax dollars the most, yeah. most directly and the most control of our daily lives. Yeah, you know, coming up in the third hour, I want to talk. I want to touch on some some federal issues. We've been focusing in on on the state of Illinois, but I really want to focus on a couple of the federal issues, things that are going on. Mitchell, Rosanna, Eduardo, David, hold the line. I'll take your call when we get back. I cannot maintain the badness on my brain. I resort to violence. My killers move in silence. Like you don't know what I silence. But your killers are wild. My dogs is with it. You want it? Come and get it. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560. The answer. Just switch your attitude. Go ahead, level up yourself. This that different latitude. Life too short, don't spoil yourself. Feel that feel, enjoy yourself. Cause we have everything we need. We have everything we need. Welcome back to Black and White Radio. On AM560, the answer. Got it, George. Off daddy. Uh. I uh, hope you have that solid movement, George. Thank you very much. Let's go. I'm all for solid movements, man. <laughs> Let's, go. Oh, Let's go to Mitchell from this place. Mitchell, thanks for holding. Hey, no problem. Hey, um, to uh, the council, I'd like to bring some uh, sobering realities to your, to your thinking. Uh, regarding the shooter in, in, on July 4th, okay, you've got a guy that can't pass the Perfin test. Yep. Right, number one, he pleaded not guilty. There are no eyewitnesses to the shots that were fired on July 4th. And this idiot supposedly leaves his gun at the scene of the crime and then goes to his mom's house, loads up his car, and goes to Middleton, Wisconsin. Because the detailed counsel are so vapidly, are so important in terms of the specificity, and you seem to leave them out. So I want you to listen carefully about your narrative. And I caution you, counselor, because you're on the what I call the cusp of being something very destructive. The shooter, there was no eyewitnesses in, 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 in obviously, uh, Highland Park. He goes to Middleton slash Madison, where he leaves his phone six hours. By the way, there's a four-hour difference between Illinois, where he left his place in Highland Park. Are, are you talking about to, the, Okay, okay, there you go. Highland Park shooter. Not, yeah, the Highland Park shooter. Yes, that's what I'm talking about, the counselor. And John, the reality is this, okay? You talk about gun control, this guy's gonna plead not, he pleaded not guilty. So the day of the shooting, Pritzker, this is my point, I wanna bring it all together for you, John. All right. Bring it Number all one, Pritzker never talks about the, what I call the Confederates that are loose that supposedly did this. He goes right into his narrative about assault weapons, okay? Uh-huh. He doesn't say, and go back to the tape. Listen, I watched it, and I knew right away this guy's full of BS. <laughs> this was a prepared statement. So you mean to tell me that 84 bulls were shot, not one eyewitness, and the first thing Fat Albert talks about is gun control in Highland Park that has the strictest, most, you know, uh, laws on the book on assault weapons? Counselor, you can't be this stupid. You know, you sit there and you want to pontificate on your, 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 your joke. The fact of the matter is that you should be basically focusing on the counter. This guy also, the shooter, who's 21 years old, by the FBI report, just to let you know, he's on 15 different SSRIs. I'm sorry, three. Okay. Three different SSRIs. And 
He's addicted to pot. You really think he's... And in his manifesto, the shooter, he talks about Oswald in 1963. You really think this idiot... Mitchell, 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 I don't think... Uh, the counselor or Rebeletti, um is Mitchell listening to yeah, this show? Did I don't think he said anything that was contrary to what you're saying. I'm trying to bring my point up, but when you talk okay. about gun control, Quickly. you're not going after the facts. True. You've got True. something that's a manufactured consent. No, it's not about me not listening to the show. Of course I listen to the show. That's a joke of a statement. The fact of the matter is that you've got a situation on July 4th that's a myth. Okay, man? How many times has Fat Albert gone to the south side of Chicago and took... 3,423 homicides. It got counselor zero. Why don't you bring that up? Yeah. Well, so nobody here All advocated right. gun control. No. That's why I asked whether Mitchell was listening to the show, and I'm not the lawyer, so you right. confused on that one. No, I want to know exactly what I said that he has issue with because uh, having been the guy who wrote Concealed Carry, Thanks, Mitchell, I want I, I want to know what you what you uh, are meaning by that because I haven't said anything that I have support about this legislation. All right, um, I'm sorry, Rosanna, Eduardo, David, please hold the line. I, de- you, I definitely want to get to you guys when we get back for the hour number three. We'll be right back. I bring the fire, but you never seen him. I testify, I don't need a subpoena. They want my soul better go to Korea. I love my dog just like I'm. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in hot. Yeah, coming in hot, just like the fajita, I write what I live, my life in the speaker, I'm nice with the flow. Welcome back, hour three of Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with The Troublemaker. If you missed the first two hours, head over to 560theanswer.com, click on the, the podcast, and click on Black and Right Radio. You won't, be, you won't miss any of the shows. You can take Black and Right wherever you go. Um, yeah, Dennis. Uh, let's go to the phone lines because you you want to respond to 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 Mitchell. Let's go to is it Rosanna? Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana. Oh, Polito. Hey. Yeah. Hey, what's happening? And I just want to say that Kelvin was the man for the job, but you know, as we know in politics, he didn't kiss the right right yeah. behinds. And I'm going to expound on that now. With I heard you talking to uh, Representative Cabello, yes. And I want to tell you what happened here in Springfield. Why are people leaving? They don't want to be police here. <clears throat> you know what? I on September 15, 2020, I went before the Springfield City Council and testified on behalf of the Springfield Police Department, and this is why. Mm-hmm. Doris Turner, who was a city council then, is now a state senator. Why? She did JB's bidding on the city council. She brought up a resolution that cops to take away no-knock warrants and pepper spray. What? How genius is that? Exactly. So what I did, I have a, a good friend who now is the chief of police in Prospect Heights, and I said... Billy, what is the ramifications of this? And he 
sent me to different places to do my research. I did my research. I went in front of the city council, and I swear to God, I was the enemy. And I just said to them, okay, so I did my research. I would like you to tell me what research have you done to come to make this decision? Well, <clears throat> and now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump to the Illinois General Assembly. Okay. Listen, we know a lot of police officers have military training. Yes. How would you like to be a military officer and have some low life on the Illinois General Assembly tell you how to do your job when they've had no training? And, and as Cabello said, you're in danger. You don't know what you're walking into, and you're going to have a state rep or a state senator yep. tell you what your limitations are, that is killing and, 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 law enforcement. And Rosanna, it's not just that. It's the activists, too. There's an activist part where uh, some of these activists are writing some of this language for our, our bills. And Rebeletti and I, and, and Cabello, and, and um, uh, uh, Stewart, Stewart, Brian Stewart, yep. uh, even some Democrats, um, uh, Tony, what was Tony Munoz? Munoz and um, Acevedo. Acevedo. We, we used to all have these conversations. You're trying to tell us how to do our job, and you've never even done the job before. So how could you even c- create this law, and you have no clue of, of the importance of, of whatever the tool we had as police officers, right? And plus, I must say, I was on, remember good old Tom Roser? Wonderful oh, yes. Man. And I debated at that time, Sheriff Tom Dart about illegal immigration. We know that a lot of these appointments and unfortunately also uh, chief of police are simply political appointments and they know nothing about the job. I understand 100 percent why the morale is in the toilet. Oh, it's beyond that, though. I've, I've talked to some officers. And, and, and I've talked to Chicago city cops. I've talked to suburban cops. I've talked to sheriff's deputies. And, and I mean, what's happening to our policing, our police departments across this country, for that matter. I'm part of some private groups on Facebook, too. And you see and watch and listen to these people who are police officers. They are fit to be tied. And if they could retire today and find something, they would. And they know, John, how many days they have left, don't they? They do. Right to the minute. Yes. Right, exactly. And not, and not, a, not a minute after. They already know when they're putting their paperwork in. Hey, I'm only going to do my 20 and I'm out. Now I'm going to do 25. I'm younger. I'm this. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my pension vested. I'll go somewhere else. I'll go to Florida. I'll go to Alabama. I'll go to Georgia. I'll go wherever else is a better opportunity. And yet again, we all get paid doing our different jobs. And so how have you incentivized us? And right. and that invisible hand, right? Adam Smith's yep. invisible hand of the economy will will push us softly towards the next opportunity. Yeah. So. Rosanna, thank you so much for calling. And Kelvin loves you. I do know that. We, he and Calvin. I have talked about you. So he, he really loves you. And thanks so much for just all of the you know the inspiration that you sent to me, too. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. You have a good one, okay? You too. Uh, let's go to Eduardo from Midway. Eduardo, Chewy Garcia's safety plan. Do tell. Hey, John. How's it going? I'm doing um, well. You had two uh, young males that were held up in Old Town in affluent neighborhood. You had to bring in SWAT. And Rosa was thinking about this. I was thinking about the same thing Rosa was thinking about regarding military uh, people who have a military background, bringing them into the police department. Getting rid of this, because um, I live in one of these police fire neighborhood city workers, uh-huh. so they need to get rid of that rule 
so we can bring anybody. Uh, I'm afraid that unless we get this crime under control, we're going to see more vigilantism, like that guy that was inside at a restaurant, yeah. and he got up and shot that oh, uh, yeah. young person. Did he get charged? You're going to see more of that. Did he get charged? Uh, do you, do you know? they're, they're wor- they're still working that case. Right, there's a grand jury. I would have just shot him in the leg or in the arm. Yeah, it was a, it was so a, it was an execution style. A uh, good citizen. It was the execution style shot that that may get him though. Right, I think uh, he kept firing. Yeah, Pat yeah. Won the. Uh, so what? What's up with yeah, you and Chewy Garcia's safety plan? I know, and it's interesting because his office was. You know, when they were doing these uh, donuts, well, they were doing one of these in the Southwest Side on Archer and Ketsy. And guess whose office got hit when they were shooting in there? True. His office. Wow. But he's going to be the expert about that. Right. Right. It's just like these state reps and senators who've, who've had crime happen to them, and they realize, wait a minute now, maybe some of the stuff that I'm doing is, is, is not right. Um, didn't you, Revelator, you know what I'm talking about right. with, with some senators that have, that have been, one, almost carjacked? Look, no elected official is immune uh, from real world things, and so I think sometimes people think like politicians live in these big glass houses, these castles. And some, like, some of them do, right? Well, but they do, <laughs> but they 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 don't live amongst us, and right. and we do, right? So right. we we experience we should uh, we do experience our own policy decisions, and so now you're going to start to see where uh, the congressman is experiencing some of the things that he has stepped away from and hasn't stepped up to. To prevent, yeah. and and now he's and now he's gonna, he's going to be a public safety hawk, which is odd, because I think wasn't he one of the defund the police, and he was he was in a much different perspective in twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. You got anything else, Eduardo? Thank you very much. Have a good right. uh, have a good, good one, buddy. Guys. All right, thank you. Let's go to Adrian from Frankfurt. Adrian, welcome to Black and Right. Thanks a lot, John. Hey, no problem. Yeah, I've noticed a lot. I've noticed a lot lately, and. In fact, I saw three cars coming home from the grocery store, store rather, <laughs> without rear license plates. What? And one automobile was pulled over by a sheriff, Will County Sheriff, and maybe he just purchased a car. Uh-huh. But I see this a lot lately, and people are driving like crazy nuts, man. I just I don't understand where uh, traffic safety is at anymore. That's true. Thanks. Thanks for letting me have my time. Hey, hey Adrian, you. you're a first-time caller? Uh, yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for calling. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank I you. love your show, by the way. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, you know, he, he's right, though. Eduardo, I think it was Eduardo. We don't get a hold of this crime. And and then it's... Wait, what is it? Um, Blakemore said it on, on, on um, Rumble. He said this, disarm the populace, castrate the police, and all you have is crooks with guns. But but, but isn't that the perfect world for <laughs> the, the left in this? I, I don't know why they believe that the, the gangs that run these major cartel-slash-corrupt uh, organizations are good people. These aren't mistaken people. These aren't misguided people. These are people running criminal organizations. They are bad. They don't care what you ban they murder is illegal. They don't care. They kill people. Yeah. Drugs are illegal. They sell them. Right. They, guns are illegal for them to possess because they're felons. They don't care. But what, what we do seem to care about is that uh, we're going to go after a, a populace and yeah. change where they're coming from and, and tell them they're the bad person. Correct. 
That's the sad part, John. Correct. Your constitutional rights don't make you a bad person. Right. Hey, d- didn't they get rid of you only need one license plate now? One plate now? In no, actually, I fought that. I'm going to talk about why I fought that. John. Oh, okay. You listening to Black and Right? Signor, I was wrong. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and White on AM560. The answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and White Radio on AM560. The answer. Uh, Hoff Daddy, I, I don't even know. Should we even talk about this on the radio? Because to, to give the left and the progressives another idea to track us? No. <laughs> Probably talk. not. Okay, because but but it, it's a valid point that I made. Yeah, it right? was valid. I agree. I mean, it's just, it's this, you got a VIN tag on your car, right? Yeah, it would just be more visible from a greater distance. Uh, I don't know. I, that, I, no, no, and not from your fellow drivers either. That's why I, uh, I said where it was. And, and notice how I'm being vague now yeah. because you know doesn't that deepen this deep state though? No, I mean doesn't that deepen the police state? I should say. No, you think they don't know where you are right now? Right, they track your what cell are you phone, kidding? John. You don't shut it off everywhere you go, do you? It's like when somebody called Dave Lombardo a few weeks yeah. ago and said, well, you know, if we register guns and they're going to know we have them. Dave goes, yeah, they, they, they know you have them. Well, it's, they do it's kind of sort of they do. No, they, they know you No, have. no, no, I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Because when, when, when we were in a meeting with state police, myself, uh, Todd Vandermeid, and, and Sullivan, uh, once you purchase a gun, they, had, they knew what gun you purchased. Of course. And Todd was like, well, why do you have that information? And right, we're talking about the federal government. Now, if, we, if you own guns, they know you have them. Yeah. Let's be honest. So, okay. I mean, it, it comes down to, you know, we were talking specifically about driving a vehicle. In right. most other situations, <laughs> you'd be 100% right, Fourth Amendment violation. I'm still uh, calling it a Fourth Amendment. I don't care what the counselor says. Mm, yeah, no. <laughs> counselor, I don't care what you say. That's a Fourth Amendment violation. I, I, that, well, you know, it's not, but... Uh, um, <laughs> Look, it's damn close. You have a transponder we'll in your car, right? So you, if you want to drive on the tollway, you're either. But they got to get a warrant for that. Well, you get a subpoena for that. Subpoena, okay. It's pretty easy to do, but I, I don't know. So the bigger picture is what information do you have to share to drive on the roadway? So the one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit, John, was yeah. the reason why we have a front license plate. Yeah, that's been brought forth to Repu- by Republicans for a number of years, and I sat on a transportation uh, safety committee. And the uh, state, state police solved the murder of a trooper at a traffic stop because they were able to get a partial front plate. And if not for that, they probably would not have been able to catch the killer of the trooper. So that's one of the reasons I have always told new legislators, you could save $900,000 at the time. This is probably 2012, John. Yeah. But let's let's fix every other big problem before we worry about saving $900,000. Oh, that's and, true. And, and, and so... There are a lot of other bigger issues, but saving nine hundred thousand dollars is a drop in the bucket. It's but you gotta a lot admit, of we got a lot of low hanging fruit that we can snatch from. Don't understand. But there is. Illinois. But how how are you gonna do that, John? Right. When you have seventy eight Democrats, right? Yeah, and you have forty Republicans. So while we're we're gonna debate the conservative nature of the forty that are left, we only have forty. Are you? We sure? have forty state representatives. From twelve and a half million people yeah. that are representing a Republican frame of reference, and we're going to worry about if they're conservative enough or not. Yeah, are you shocked that the likes of Kathleen Willis, Mike Zalewski, that they're gone? I am surprised, uh, especially Mike. And I know both of them, yeah. and Representative Willis represented my township, and 
and uh, represented uh, us well. Um, doesn't mean I agree with it. So don't get me wrong, listeners. That doesn't right. mean she's a Democrat, and, and I loved everything she has to say. But I worked with her on a number of issues, both from the state and the township side. Representative Zaleski, these are moderate people. Yeah. And there is no room for moderates anymore. And there, so you can consider yourself conservative. Uh, if you're ultra conservative, but I'm a moderate conservative, am I still a conservative? I don't know what. So to Mitchell. I would consider myself an ultra conservative, though. Maybe you are. But you but, know what I do? I give people their space to believe what they believe. It's not my job to to, to dictate what another person should believe. Right. Other, my job is to live it out. Other people's perception of you, John, is that's their perception. Your right. reality is your reality. Right. How people label us, that's up to them. Speaking wanna- of reality and perception, Kathleen Willis used to be my representative, and in the few conversations I had with her, I found her to be one of the most disingenuous um, and ugly-hearted people I've ever met. Well, former I, Republican. I, she's a former Republican. That Doesn't surprise a Democrat. me. <laughs> so, also, also, just... Talking about who wants to know who you, which guns you have, uh-huh. top of the list. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was, that's all she did. That's well, pretty that's much all she did. Right. She turned in. That, that's something I'm surprised from her side is the anti-gun stuff. It doesn't mean I agree with it. But as a township supervisor, I have to work with Don Harmon, at that time Kathleen Willis. The new representatives never reached out to me. I don't know if she even realizes that she represents a portion of Addison Township. Wow. So the new state rep that replaced Representative Mazaki, the Republican, the Democrat, hasn't reached out yet. We'll see if she reaches out. I have a new state rep from another district that was Deb Conroy's that represents part of Addison Township. And I have a new Republican who has been in contact Kathy? with me, uh, that is uh, Representative Santa Litro. Santa Litro. So we got to uh, get her on the show. We will get her on the show. Yeah. Uh, uh, she is a, a business person, a conservative-minded person, but yet again, I, conservatives in the eye of the beholder, depending on what issue we're all talking about. So you take a township like Addison Township. I won that as a state rep. I won it as a township supervisor. The people know me. They appreciate what I'm doing. I'm very transparent in how we do it. If you don't like how I run the township or you think I'm not conservative enough, you know what the alternative is, John? What's that? A Democrat. Oh, that's Well, guess what the alternative has been? Democrat. Democrat. That's why, that's why they have 78 to 40. And, and right. how many are in the Senate? There are uh, they, 15? they have twenty <laughs> to thirty nine. So I think oh, they that came we, up right. So if you took twenty senators and the forty state representatives, you'd have enough re- uh, Republicans to pass a bill in the House. Oh my gosh! Dude. That's to tell you where we're at. And 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 I've said on this show time and time again. I've said it to Verlon. We can't change anything unless we win. That's right. Nothing can be changed in this state. And um, I was listening to Darren Bailey today because uh, we were talking, and he said, "You know, don't give up on Illinois. We got about ten years to fix this." I think, it, personally, I think it can happen overnight. Don't give up on Illinois. Yeah, I'm not giving up on it, Dennis. John, you don't have to give up on it, but you tell me that he was the best candidate we could put forward. Well, and I like Darren. He's a nice enough man. I've ch- I chatted with him when he was in Elmhurst. Yeah. Was he really the best person to go toe to toe with the with with the governor? Maybe, maybe not, but he lost by double digits, and a lot because the downstate didn't come out. But that, and a lot of the, a lot of the Republicans in DuPage County and the Collars stayed home. Yeah, they thought he was too conservative. I don't know what that means anymore. Even if they didn't have it, the 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 Democrats' game was just way above. I mean, I if you would put together the perfect campaign from the perfect candidate, if you would have run it the same way as far as ballot getting, um, we'd still would have lost because they have an operation. They they exactly understand right. they passed the laws they understand the operation they put them into into effect 
and we sit around and wonder and complain about it, and then we lose elections and we still point fingers. You you got to change with the times. But you know, Dennis, you, you you have to admit though. I mean, I've been on both sides. I I have seen how the establishment looks down and turned down their nose on people who may be grassroots. I've seen it. I've I've watched how they treat people who are grassroots. I mean, look at what's happening between Mark Vargas and 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 with Illinois Review, Scott Casper, and 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 how how they're responding back to them. Right. I mean, they have. You got to admit that 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 the with the so-called establishment have looked down on the grassroots because they're peons to them in some instances. Well, Not all. But I'll tell you this, John, as somebody who worked his way up from the grassroots to become the quote-unquote establishment, somebody who's been around for 30 years and been elected for about 25 I, I care about the grassroots. I'm here to help new Republicans take office at park board and library boards. But you know, we had a group about 10 years ago, John. Mm-hmm. They wanted to skip all that. They wanted to be senator and representative and congressman or governor. They didn't want to start out and work right. their way up and prove themselves. Right. But now everybody wants to start out and be in charge. Well, great. Right. If you don't have the bona fides to do it, then you're not going to get the support. But that doesn't mean I'm pro-establishment or pro-grassroots. The two groups have to sit together, and I have no problem being part of to facilitate that. You have to get all groups together. That's but my the, point. But to yeah. call people surrender Republicans or rhinos or MAGA Republicans that pretend that. Never that, Trumpers and all Never that. Trumpers and all that. If you don't have everybody pull on the same side, there's no way you'll ever win anything in the state of Illinois. But Never Trumpers are bad, though, man. They treat, they, listen, I'm I'm solidly in Trump's camp. And I, I, some of the stuff I hear, some of the stuff, you know, that when I tell people that I still support Donald Trump, you know, I support him because I, I'm sorry, what he did, what he was able to do in spite of all of the hell that came against him. And yet he was still able to get a lot of this stuff done. The exposure and how both parties came after him. Anytime both parties come after somebody, I'm with them. I, 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 I look at that to maintain, to, to say to myself, uh-oh, there's something here about this candidate. And I see how you want to transition to the next segment so we could talk about <laughs> classified documents and whose house they're in and garage or bedroom. Or... Did you see that? Shut up. Hush off, Daddy. I'm looking forward to the next conversation, John. How Daddy. Have a solid movement first. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. I'm going to hold you on that one. You listen to the Black and Right, guys. We'll be right back. You feel the lightning, the thunder. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind Welcome back to Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio. Uh, Representative, I want to get right to this because um, I made a Facebook post trying to make the distinction between what President Trump, who had the authority to declassify at any moment, and he was president up until... January 20th, 11.59 a.m., compared to what Joe Biden, who was vice president, who had no authority to declassify, yet documents have been found not only in his house, but by his Corvette. I want, to hear, I want you to hear this exchange between, as, as uh, Valon, 
no hates to be called what is was it sideshow bob or whatever they yeah i'm not getting involved in that yeah, i won't either because I, I don't do that but i want you to hear this exchange between her and peter Ducey from fox news and then i want to get your take on the clear distinction and and the media's response to basically covering for joe biden but let me take it back a little bit further None of this happened until Joe Biden declared he was running again in 2024. Listen to KJP and Ducey. And on these documents, how could anyone be that irresponsible? Isn't that what this president says about mishandling classified documents? The president spoke to this personally. He spoke to this personally. He, again, he believes that uh, classified documents and information should be taken seriously. He takes them seriously. And he was surprised it's, it's to learn right. by it's any any records. Have been. I disagree. I disagree. Here's what happened. Here's what happened once then his work. Justice Department? Well, let me, let me explain to you the process. Here's what happened when uh, his lawyers found out that the documents were there. They immediately turned them over uh, to their archives. So? But they immediately the turned them, turn them over they, to the archives. The right I'm not going to go into specifics, but I'm going. I, what I'm reiterating to you is what you heard from the president yourself, Peter, uh, which is how he saw the process and how he respects and truly uh, uh, respects and takes this very seriously and when he knew uh, and how surprised he was by it and the actions that, uh, the, the right actions that the lawyers took. Counselor? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, there's a lot there, right? Th- there's a lot to unpack there. So, laws are, you know, it, it, laws for you, uh, not for me. Yeah. So, they the Democrats were able to crow about how they 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 could justify the FBI raiding a former president's home and bring in your your SWAT team, your TAC team, because you know you got you got to deconflict right down with the, with the Secret Service, or were they caught off guard? Right. We have no idea. Right, but they run in there and they spread all the paperwork over. Oh my God, here's all this confidential stuff. And again, we don't know what's in there or, or not. Right, but in America, there's equal protection. We're all treated the same under the law. Right, however. We're not all treated equally in the media. Chad. No, that's correct. And, and so Donald Trump's not presumed to be innocent or it's mistaken or there's negotiations. And again, he could wave a magic wand and say these are not classified. And, and Because there's no real process of how to right. do this. Right. There's not like you type it in or right. you, you, you sign some decree or something. So maybe there's a statute that needs to be worked on. The vice president took documents that he had no reason to take. President Obama never waved his magic wand. And, and remember, he has a pen and a cell phone. Remember that, John? Yeah, yeah. He didn't use his pen or cell phone to say, hey, those documents in uh, Vice President Biden's garage right. are uh, declassified or that were found in his at University of Pennsylvania. But, Counselor? Or, yes. Counselor, people continue to skip over the very first thing I say. What's that? The distinction. President Trump had authority. He did. Vice President Biden did not have authority. So what the vice president did was illegal. Was illegal. That's correct. Unless you, we can find some authorization somewhere from the president or he declassified him. That we may not know. And again, maybe in Verlon's defense, because he might say something like this, that we have to wait for all the evidence oh, to come out, which is true. Well, he does not say <laughs> no. that. But here, 
Again, these are investigations, but we pretend that since we turned them over, just like if a thief returned a, a right. stolen car, well, there's no, nothing to see here. No crime occurred because the thief returned the stolen items. So, aren't those really are those considered stolen items? Were they were they misappropriated? Why were they there? How did they end up in the guy's garage? How did right. he not know they were right. in the garage? I mean, right. you, you just drive by them all the time, and you go, "Yeah, these are documents regarding Ukraine and 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 the UK and wherever else." And it just simply stays in somebody's garage. Is that protected? Because I thought at Mar-a-Lago, the uh, President Trump had them in a very secured area. Secret Service still there. Secret Service is still there. I don't know about the status of what the vice president had or didn't have. Well, he had him at at, at the China College of <laughs> right. Where 30, the Chinese gave thirty million dollars yes. to his uni- to, the, yes. to the university. So rules for thee and not for me. So they- oh my God, let's make this the worst thing ever. The president, former president, has these documents, and now while we run for reelection. This is just like the emails that Hillary couldn't. She saw in those T-shirts, right, John? Yeah. It's a, so here we go again. Rules for thee and not for me. So this is the question I want you to answer after the break. What was known and who knew what prior to the midterm elections? And why wasn't it released prior to the elections? I know the answer. I'm just playing stupid, naive. And why wasn't it released then if this was, if they were, oh, as soon as we saw him, we told but not to the American people. We'll be right back. Got a homeboy uh, in the deal who uh, who who gets it. Let's get it to him, baby girl. Black and right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I am your host, John Anthony. And I knew he was going to call in because I saw him responding to a th- part of the Facebook post when it came to what happened in uh, between Trump and Joe Biden. Phil from Blue Island, go ahead, make your point. Real quick, gentlemen, gentlemen, uh, thanks. Uh, first of all, on Monday for Dr. King's, just in honor of him, turn your headlights, uh, headlights on and your porch lights on and leave them on all night. Just a little small token of I like that. For- Indeed, yeah. Headlights and your porch lights to be on all night. Thank you very much. Um, didn't when um, was Trump asked to turn the papers over, right? And he said, bring the papers on back into the archives and everything would be okay. But he re- he denied, no, he refused the, 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 the request. I'm not even going to call it an order. Right. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Biden, everything that was being found, you know, you always call him senile and this and that. So obviously he forgot about these papers being here, this and everywhere else. Right. So but as soon as they found out about him, they turned him into the archive and they they made the uh, the Department of Justice. They informed the Department of Justice. The difference is, yeah, OK, if Trump had right to have the paper, as you say, OK, I'll turn them over to you, but I want them back. OK. He could have turned everything over, and and if he had a right to him, he could have got him back. But so that's what that's, you're trying to make a distinction, but I don't think there There's is a clear distinction. Can I go ahead, go ahead, counselor? So here, if you get a subpoena to turn things over because the grand jury's going to look at it, and then you want to reply and respond. You have a chance to at least to go in front of a court or the grand jury and and, and deal with uh, striking that that subpoena. 
uh, if the president had the ability to declassify them, the whole issue for getting a warrant is everybody thinks that he's going to now hide them or destroy it, so you need to go in. I don't think the president was ever going to destroy or, right. or remove those uh, confidential items uh, if they're confidential. So I, that was really no need to 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 go in with the FBI. And again, we go back to use of resources. We we come full circle, John. Is it the most important thing ever that the federal government had to use the police state to go in to go get these documents? They wanted the perp walk. You know that they wanted the perp walk. And so then, when it's the other guy's issue, well, then that that's just a, it's a simple mistake. So you know they did this with Reagan, right? Either yeah. you, you when with with the Iran Contra scandal, either you knew or you you know you didn't know because you're senile. And either way, it's poor leadership. So I guess it's poor leadership on, on the president's uh, side. But where are all his handlers, his attorneys, his advisors saying, hey, um, vice president, hey, president, where, where these papers are still in your, your library. They're, hey, these are in your garage. They don't want them. He's you, you're going to tell me he did. Philip, can you tell me you don't believe that he ever drove past him in his garage or rode his bike past it? <laughs> his Corvette. He didn't even fall on, a, on his bike into the box of documents? His Corvette. Right, his That's Corvette. He said his Corvette. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> a, lot of things, a lot of things are being said. And again, again, from, from you all's argument, he's not 100% there, right? So even if he's, he's not even thinking, he probably. But he was again, there then. But my point, my point to you is that President Trump is supposed to be so on top of his game, okay, so much smarter, so much better equipped mentally, physically, and all these other things. And my, my other thing, I'm just saying, no, yeah, if yeah. he had rights to them, why didn't he just okay take them? But I would like to have them back if he has the right to. Well, them. well you do know I've talked about this on, on on previous shows. You do know Trump was in conversations with the National Archives. The, the FBI inserted themselves because, you know, I could be wrong about this, but I there's a part of me, my spider sense is telling me they knew this about Biden a long time ago. And you know how this politics works. Let's let's put Trump out there with this because we already know this is what's happening with Trump. We know Biden has this. We know I, it was well way before the election that, that they knew that Biden had that these to bite him in the back, though, doesn't it? John, I, w- I want to tell, tell Philip I agree with him, but I want him to agree with me on this. Go ahead. Doesn't President Obama still have documents he hasn't returned yet that haven't been declassified and, and put to the library as of yet? I don't know why any of these presidents have all these papers. When your term right. is over, then you should have all the documents should be back where they belong in the National Archives. Right? Except, except some of that I stuff. Agree. Yeah, I'm the Addison Township supervisor, Philip. I don't get to take all the documents home with me after I lose or I retire and say, oh, I'm now going to declassify, right? These documents, they belong to the taxpayer. That's right. They you belong- just burn everything then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he said that, not me. Well, so. But they say that he was stuffing tough uh, in, in the toilets and I, they had to look, okay. the White House and unplug. Come on, man. But I'm just telling you, all, all of these presidents should turn their stuff back in or within a certain period of time, make a law three months, six months, whatever, and all that stuff should be returned to the National Archives, put a definite legal precedent on there so that we don't have these question marks. John, do you agree no, with no, that? No, no, listen, I agree, but our argument was. President Trump had the power to do it. The vice president does. I don't care where what he had. He doesn't have. He does not have the authority to have any of these documents in his possession at all. 
I, I believe I believe me and the prosecutor believe that you're just making up excuses for Trump. No, because you so much into no. the tank. No, right? I think that I think Biden's own Democrats are trying to get rid of him. And this is this is one further step to get rid of this guy so that so that J.B. Pritzker or Gavin Newsom can go and run for president. I'm telling you, all, right after he says he's announcing for president. Oh, that's when all they all all this stuff stuff start coming out. But I'll tell you this, John: it, it, both actions by both the President Trump and President Biden makes the United States look weak to the I rest agree. of the world. To the world, I, that's that's a valid point. Uh, thanks so much, um, uh, Phil. We we had a conversation where we didn't scream and yell because we weren't talking about race. And Verlon wasn't here. We'll be right back. Come on, man. <laughs> Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560. Let's go straight to the phone lines. Nick from the Northwest Side, welcome to Black and Right. Yeah, thank you. I love your show. You always had a nice show. On the earlier time, this time now, same difference. Thank you, I appreciate it. A lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I was saying to the screener here, look, this thing is all very mysterious. You know, all of a sudden we find out that uh, Biden has all these things in his possession there in his garage next to a 67 Corvette. Where in the world did they come from? You know, that's what we don't know. Was he given them and told him, take this with you when you're leaving? Or did he just grab them and take them? And then we don't know exactly, uh, does he admit knowing that that these are like limited information, limited access things? You know, like if I was uh, a vice president and not a president, I turn in my binders of women, like uh, Romney said. I turn in my DVDs. A bus boy's going yeah. wild. I turn in my season pass <laughs> for the petting zoo. I turn all that stuff in, and yeah. I tell here it's all in the open now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Okay. Nick, I got to get to these calls because okay. we're, the, the we're at the end of the show. But really quick, what did you say about it? What, what Biden might have taken? I think he took information regarding his son and, and what he thought might be problematic for him if he was going to run for president. He took that stuff with him. That's true. Let's go to David from Lansing. David, really quickly, we got a good. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, I heard the news reporting this 1967 uh, Corvette. The reason they bring it up is 1967. It's old. All those documents are sitting around since the 60s. They're not that important. Number two. <laughs> number two. Um, why do why do we bring up Corvette? Because they're appealing to the union members. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a signal to the union members. Uh, don't pursue this public because uh, you know uh, may not support your unions anymore. You know, yeah. with uh, by funneling business to you anymore. And number three, this is the first time where the, the uh, dementia is going to work in favor of Biden. You know, oh, he had dementia. You know, he didn't he have just, it back uh, then, though. You know, all right, David, you left. we lost your call. Let's go to Tom from Cherville. Tom, welcome to Black and Right. You've got about 40 seconds. Okay, what, whatever happened to Sandy Burglar? He ah. was stuffing documents in his pants yeah. towards the end of the Clinton administration. Was he convicted? And that was a big deal because that's, it was just so, shortly before ni- uh, 9-11 happened, nine months into George W. Bush. But what about the eight years of Clinton? Yeah. I, I they are what, trying to make me an escape code. I don't remember what happened to Sandy Berg. That's a good question. Let's go to Al from Rosemont. Al, what's going on, brother? Oh, hey. I was just calling. Uh, I just want to respond to Phil real quick. Go ahead. This whole thought about uh, having some property. This is my property. I turn it over to you. You see if it's my property and I turn it back. It's silly talk. <laughs> and I want to also respond to uh, far as Trump making his country look weak. 
Uh, he's the greatest superhero since Sylvester Stallone. Come on, man. He never did anything to make this country look weak. Come on, man. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> Revelant, preach. No, I'm, I'm here, but I, I do want to correct the record. Uh, Sandy Berger passed about seven years ago, eight years ago. He was convicted he was. for taking classified documents and cutting them up. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Al. I want to give Dennis the last thoughts. All right. Thank you, brother. You know, you know, John. It's been it's been the fastest three hours. I know it goes by quick. It's always an honor and a privilege to to come on the show with you, uh, Am Verlon, the troublemaker. When he is sitting in the hot corner over here, but you have a great audience. I think it, it means a lot that people stay engaged. Please, please, listeners, go out find Republican candidates in all your local elections. Vet those people. Get them elected. That's how you fight back. That's how you take back your state. These are the people that most directly impact your life and your liberties every day. And we'll all continue to work together to fight the bigger fights in a couple of years. And and next time you come in, uh, either next week or whatever, we got to talk about the great work you're doing over at Addison Town. Well, I'm looking forward to doing that. You know, I, I know we, we were supposed to have that on the docket, but we we got in, we got in, engaged with a other conversations so Hoff Daddy hope you have that solid movement <laughs> I'm too fat <laughs> my YouTube Rumble Crowd Facebook I want to thank um, Sheriff Jack Harlan for calling in thank you for everybody that called into the show you guys know you, you have no idea how much how appreciative I am of you guys tuning in on every Saturday from 4 to 7 to listen to little old me John Anthony uh, we'll be back next week holla Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 